Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and admittedly an internet addict. I'm also a big fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day I'm going to share a few of my favorite deep cuts with you, so let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon I'm gonna teach you stuff No, it won't be tough Gonna go a year till you've had enough It's 365 Today, in 1995, Yahoo.com was registered as a domain name. Though Yahoo doesn't rank as high as Google and Apple in the tech giant hierarchy, it was an internet pioneer that laid the path for the way that we do things online. Let's reverse and talk about how it all began. Jerry Yang and David Philo were electrical engineering grad students at Stanford in the early 90s. They were early adopters to the internet, and there was a lot that didn't exist yet. In 1994, they were working on a website called Jerry's Guide to the World Wide Web, aimed at helping people use the internet with more ease. You gotta remember, the internet in the early 90s was unfamiliar terrain for most people. Jerry's Guide was a list of websites that they thought would be useful for people who were newer to the internet. They organized the list in a hierarchy of what was best or most popular. After a little while, they changed the name to Yahoo to make it easier and less self-referential. But Yahoo did have a little secret. It officially stood for yet another hierarchical officious oracle. More thought than you'd think went into the selection of the name Yahoo. The two founders were also inspired by Jonathan Swift's use of the word Yahoo in Gulliver's Travel, a satirical novel published in 1726, and its definition, rude, unsophisticated, uncouth. Its first URL was Akebono, .stanford.edu forward slash tilde yahoo. Under this domain, before yahoo.com was registered, the website already received 1 million hits. On January 18, 1995, they registered the simpler yahoo.com domain name, and in March of that year, they incorporated the business. They were connected with venture capitalists to get two rounds of venture capital and got $3 million for the launch. It turned out that the word Yahoo had already been trademarked for barbecue sauce, a set of knives, and a human-propelled watercraft, so the two men added an exclamation point to make the name unique and trademarkable. Yahoo came to be at the right time. Internet companies were booming, and Yahoo, along with sites like MSN and Lycos, were super successful right off the bat. Yahoo and similar web portal providers worked to expand their services as quickly and diversely as possible, as well as working to keep users attached to their own particular portal. For instance, Yahoo quickly expanded with an email service and a game service. Yahoo experienced exponential growth throughout the 90s, and their stock price doubled in the last month of 1999. During the dot-com bubble, the website's stock price skyrocketed. The dot-com bubble is the name for the period of time when speculating on internet shares was running so wild because of the new novelty of the internet that it created a stock market bubble, which is when stock prices artificially inflate above their actual value. The highest stock price ever was $118.75 in January 2000. When the bubble burst, the stock fell to an all-time low of $8.11. But Yahoo was one of the only companies to survive the dot-com bubble burst. They worked towards new partnerships with internet providers so that they could continue to compete with AOL. Yahoo also worked to expand its search engine capabilities by acquiring other smaller search engines. They acquired a few companies that we no longer remember, but were semi-popular search engines at the time, like Inktomi, 
Confabulator, and AltaVista. Yahoo was always trying to compete with the ever-expanding Google. And when Gmail was released, Yahoo expanded the storage of the Yahoo Mail program to compete. They also expanded into photo sharing, music, and social networking. Yahoo experienced the largest layoff in their history in 2008, when they laid off 2,000 employees, which was 14% of their workforce. This was again a result of failing to keep up with Google. Yahoo went through a couple of CEOs in the early 2010s, amidst a flurry of discussions that Yahoo and Microsoft might be merging, but those deals never came to fruition. In 2012, Yahoo calmed down the revolving door of CEOs when former Walmart corporate director Marissa Mayer was hired. She was the youngest CEO of a Fortune 500 company. The next year, Yahoo acquired Tumblr amidst an effort put forth by Google, Facebook, and Yahoo to acquire small startup social media companies that were comparatively low-earning but helped the large corporations connect with younger audiences. Though Yahoo has since declined in popularity, it's still a profitable internet behemoth and operates a number of different internet services, from fantasy football to shopping deals to elections coverage. Today, in 2019, Maggie Rogers released her album Heard It in a Past Life. New York University alum Rogers grew up playing a variety of instruments, from the piano and the guitar all the way to the harp. She began writing folk music in late high school and early college, and a college trip to Berlin and discovering dance music helped her create her own blended genre of folk electronic dance music. Rogers got her big break when she played her song Alaska for Pharrell Williams at an NYU master class he was teaching. A video of Williams listening to the song went viral, and people started listening to Rogers' earlier work online. Heard It in a Past Life was her debut with a major label. The album earned her a Best New Artist nomination at the 62nd Grammy Awards. Cheers to the beginning of a promising career. Personally, I am a huge fan. And now for our final segment of the day, I'll be going back into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a January 18th in my life. On January 18th, 2020, I experienced my very first snow day in New York after I just moved. And that was really exciting for me because I grew up in California. And if you have been to California, you probably think that it's like very, very warm, which it is in Southern California, but I grew up in Northern California and it does get colder there. I think it gets down to be like 40 degrees Fahrenheit, which is pretty chilly and the wind gets really cold, but it never actually snows unless you're somewhere that's more further inland. Um, and that was really exciting for me to be in my own place and experience snow for the, not the first time, but the first time on my own. Um, because I remember not having any furniture. I think I had a bed frame and my mattress and then I had a rug. Um, and that was literally all I had, but I woke up at seven in the morning that morning cause I knew it was going to snow and I was excited to watch it. I watered my plants. I made myself eggs and toast and I watched the snow as I sat on my carpet. And I just have like a really fond memory of that being a quiet and nice moment. Thanks so much for going back in time with me today. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. So you can come back tomorrow for more facts from yesterday. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.